Okay. All right. So last week we watched uh, Guiding Light, and yeah, it's a miserable soap opera time. So uh, so yeah, we're just trying to watch something less shit <laughs> this week. But luckily, next on my list was The Honeymooners. So I'm like, all right. Okay. How bad could that be? And it, just like with everything in this, it's like I sort of know what it is, but I more know because of other people referencing it. Wham, boom, straight to the moon, Alice, whatever. But well, I've never and seen it. it is one of the famous ones when they, they but there's just, just a limited number of famous yeah. 50 shows that you always hear referenced. Honeymooners is definitely one of them. And it's nice too, even just this little research I did. Yeah, just like, you know, that it's this vague thing floating in my brain, but just to kind of solidify it and to actually sort of know what the status of this show was. Like, I feel like, I don't know if I've said this before on this little podcast, but if I'm ever on Jeopardy, and one of the categories is 1950s TV. I'm going straight for the $1,000 question, <laughs> Alex, because like, I feel like I know, I know an awful lot about this stuff now. So uh, The Honeymooners is based on a recurring sketch from Jackie Gleason's variety show called Cavalcade of Stars that was on the Dumont Network. And uh, he was by far Dumont's most popular dude. Like He brought their audience share from 9% to 25% of the viewership just by himself. He's almost like I never thought of it until just now, like the Archie Bunker of his day. Right. Uh, But yeah, because he was so popular on Dumont, his contract was up in 1952, and they couldn't afford to rehire him. So he just moved to CBS, and Dumont went out of business soon after. Like, that's like a bad sign. Like, there's this guy in wrestling, this dude, AJ Styles, who... There's this crappy company called Impact Wrestling that was never really a competitor, but their top guy was AJ Styles. And it it reminds me of this. It's like, he's their best guy, but they can't afford to pay him. So he just went to WWE and that's where he is now. (laughs) And it's like, like what a bad situation when you have a hit, but you just don't have the the money to keep it going. And then you're dead in the water. So, uh, it was hugely successful, the Honeymooners show, where yeah, it was these these sketches, and then they made it into its own half-hour show. It debuted at number two, and uh, it was like neck and neck with I Love Lucy and stuff. Like it was in there battling it out, doing really well. But then it really quickly dropped down to number nineteen, and within a year, it they stopped making them. There's only thirty-nine episodes, so like that's what, an example of something I just assumed the Honeymooners just ran forever and ever. But it's really just that the Honeymooners sketches ran forever and ever. They kept being a part of everything Gleason did, but the actual show only lasted a year. Well, and see, he wasn't one of these, you'll see, you'll see when you, when you watch it, he's not one of these kind of uh, nice, just nice men. He's one of these guys that's really rough around the edges, like, like Archie Bunker. Right. So, um... I could see a lot of people not liking that, especially when you think of 50s, uh, the the saccharine image that we have of the 50s, and you've got this guy who, he is really rough, and he's always talking nasty to his wife, and he's always saying he's going to hit her and beat her and all this stuff, and I could see a lot of people just saying, oh, that's just not proper, that's not right for TV. That's, uh, yeah, speaking of that, so this whole thing was based on a 1940s radio show called The Bickersons. And the whole thing with the Bickersons was it was just a funny dialogue between a husband and wife that were constantly bickering. Like, uh, they gave an example that was kind of funny. Like, the wife's like, believe me, there's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. And the husband goes, yeah, there's better bait, too. You know, <laughs> the whole show was just that. <laughs> so so basically, the, the Honeymooners was just that brought to TV. And uh, 
One thing that I thought was funny is they never fully rehearsed the shows because Gleason thought it would take away the spontaneity, but that meant that they forgot shit all the time. So apparently, you remember like uh, the thing Carol Burnett would do where she would tug her ear to say hello to her mom or whatever it was? The similar thing here, except it was whenever Gleason would forget a line, so, you know, everything didn't derail completely. He would just pat his stomach. And that's how everyone around him knew, like, somebody needs to jump in here because he doesn't know what he's supposed to say next. <laughs> we'll have to watch for that. Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. Uh, one thing, too, I guess we won't get into this a ton, but this is the first time it's come up in any of my research, is that when CBS was setting up the Jackie Gleason show and then after that the uh, Honeymooners, they had a lot of problems finding the, or getting the people that they wanted because of the Hollywood blacklist. All that stuff was happening Oh, now. yeah, that would have been happening about that time. Right. So Ooh. that's something, too, I didn't look into it a lot. And, you know, I feel like that could be its whole own show or something. What I know about it is mainly from Ayn Rand biographies, again, that's mostly what I know of the time, because she was such a famous conservative and was so anti-communist because she grew up in Soviet Russia and, you know, they fucking took all of her family's businesses and ruined everything and she escaped, you know, by the skin of her teeth. So she was part of these McCarthyism hearings, but her opinion was like, yes, I agree, communism is dangerous and scary and we shouldn't let it take over the american way of life but this shit is insane you guys suck like this is lunacy you can't just blacklist people and witch hunt people and like what you're doing is no better basically <laughs> so i thought her take on it i mean she has a lot of problems with ayn rand's philosophies but in that sense i thought she it was nice that she she never towed this conservative line she was so far right that she was her own thing yeah yeah so she, she was like this is and she stupid. was and she was willing to take stand yeah so like yeah just because yeah because this token token anti-communism like they didn't it's like they didn't even understand why they were against it or what the problems were it was just witch hunt craziness so yeah she was against them as much as she was against she was against everyone basically but she was right to be <laughs> well kudos kudos <laughs> yeah. to her because yeah it was it was nonsense yeah and we won't get it too into it here but but yeah i guess like the first couple of actresses that they wanted for instance to be the wife they maybe i think actually the lady who did end up being his and wife, she was, uh, yeah, yeah. She, she was blacklisted and they worked around it, but all this political maneuvering they had to do behind the scenes and yeah, that's a whole, a whole other <laughs> complicated topic. Uh, yeah, you don't usually think of that blacklisting attaching to TV so much, you, uh, it, yeah. you, you know, like the movies, it was big time. Um, and see, TV would have just been in its early days too, and maybe that's why most people don't connect it to television, but yeah, it would have affected TV. Yeah. Probably radio, too. Yeah, all and of that stuff. And newspapers, any of that stuff. It really is. I mean, it makes me think of, uh, like, even this. I mean, it wasn't that far back, but, you know, everyone just seemed so childish and dumb and all their thinking was so shallow about all this stuff. But I think about that now. Like, like imagine if, you know, we were talking earlier about all our relatives on Facebook and all the stupid crap that they post. It's like, imagine if they had Facebook and Twitter and stuff in the 50s and the 40s. Imagine all the dumb stuff people would have posted. But that's absolutely what everyone's going to think about us. 50 years from now, when they look back at, like, Donald Trump's tweets, they're going to be like, what in the fuck? <laughs> what a bunch of morons, you know? <laughs> so, like, yeah, we feel like we're so much smarter than they were, but well, everyone's yeah. going to think that about us. So, uh... You know, the Honeymooners was based on the Bickersons and then became more popular. And lots of stuff was based on the Honeymooners, but especially the Flintstones. Like, Hanna-Barbera admitted yeah. completely that they based it on the Honeymooners. 
And Gleason considered suing them, but then he just thought that the negative publicity, the blowback of if he was the guy who got the Flintstones canceled, he's like, it's not worth it. <laughs> just let him rip off the Honeymooners. Like, I ripped it off anyway. And then I looked up Jackie Gleason a little, and, uh, well, there's one really story that stuck out to me a lot, but uh, he grew up in Queens and in Brooklyn, and he went to Bushwick High School, and Bushwick is where that girl I dated in New York is where she lived. So it's weird. I'm trying to think like, oh, maybe I kind of know what Jackie Gleason's neighborhood was like, but I have to rewind 60 years. Like, probably not. Probably when I was hanging out there, it was not the same. One really creepy thing is his parents both died really young, but his mom in particular, such a creepy story. She had like uh, some kind of abscess, you know, like just I don't remember what it was called specifically, but they showed a picture on Wikipedia of these things where it's just like like the big red wound with like the like yellow pus weird stuff in it. And is this weird boil anyway, he tried to lance the boil at home. And then she got sepsis from that because they were just poor and they didn't want to go to the hospital because it's fucking America. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he was like 18 or something and he sort of kind of was partially responsible for killing his own mother. (laughs) That's just creepy. What a creepy story. But then it's sort of this classic, like his girlfriend's family offered to take him in, but he's like, no way, I'm going to make it on my own and went off and did uh, jobs and worked his way up in Hollywood and whatever. And, you know became a star so cool on him i guess but the story that really stood out this is awesome where no matter how this show turns out i'm just glad i read this story is he was scared of flying for like a lot of his career because what happened is early in his career he was flying back and forth from new york to la a lot and at one point one of the planes two of its engines failed and it had to do an emergency landing in like chicago or something and he refused to get on the next plane because he was so rattled So what he did is, I guess because he was just this New York guy, kind of like felt like he could talk to the working man or whatever, he found a hardware store, just a random ass hardware store. And he went in and he said to the guy like, hey, I'm an actor. I got a job. I'm sort of famous. Lend me $200 because I got to take a train (laughs) to get back to New York or whatever. I think, you know, I don't want to fly. And the guy was like, what are you? I don't know you from Adam. What are you talking about? Why would I lend you $200? So you're just some guy. And he's like, no, I'm an actor, I swear. So the the hardware store guy was like, all right, let's go down to the, the marquee, the theater where this movie you're in is playing. And if you're on the poster, I'll lend you the $200. So he's like, all right, let's go. So they go down there, but Gleason wasn't a star in this movie. He wasn't on the poster. So he's like, well, listen, I'll buy us each tickets to watch this movie. And when you see that I'm in the movie, will you lend me the $200? And the guy's like, okay. And they had to watch the movie for an hour before Jackie Gleason finally arrived on screen. But then he's like, eh, see, that's me. So finally the hardware store guy was like, okay, I believe you're a working actor and you're going to pay me back and lend him $200 and then Gleason paid him back later the $200. <laughs> what a weird story, right? But I mean, as far as just like a brash... What a, having a lot of balls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do think it's probably not coincidental too. He didn't try to go to a bank or something. He's like, I'm going to go to the hardware store and I could talk this guy into lending me the $200. But he did to jump through all these hoops and they ended up going to a movie together. <laughs> what a weird story. <laughs> And that's it. That's what I got on Jackie Gleason. So, oh, and uh, yeah, there's quite a few episodes of this show uh, just on YouTube. They're pretty easy to find, but they didn't have the actual very first one. So failing that, I just went with the one with the most views. So this is episode 26 of the 39 has half a million views. So it's got to be good. Let's check her out.
I'm getting real tired of this fucking Ed Norton guy. He's not funny, and he's in every scene. Like, why isn't the wife in any of these scenes? Yeah, it's like, it's so random, right? Like, I mean, like I said, like this has so many views where some of the stuff we watch has like almost no views. This is so famous. All the comments were like, oh, one of the greatest. I love this show. This is one of the best ones, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's like, you just can't tell at all if <laughs> an old show is going to hold up or not. Because like, uh, I mean, obviously I always go on about how much I like Jack Benny, but I was thinking too of like Amos and Andy that is kind of brushed under the rug a hundred times better than that show yeah like why is the honeymooners so remembered and so loved it doesn't seem to deserve it at all (laughs) it was really kind of lame it's like guiding light yeah i guess i mean and that which was awful and why did it last for so many friggin years yeah i mean well i guess that one is i mean that's different because it's the soap opera that's a whole different uh economic model maybe we just picked a bad one (laughs) yeah because i was thinking like if that basic thing is based on the Bickersons, like that aspect of it seemed kind of amusing with the, you know, with Ralph and his wife, but she was hardly in it. And it was all this, his fucking neighbor, Ed. So Ed's in there, in the first scene, he's there in their apartment. Then, uh, so in this episode, what did they say it was? Episode 26, Ralph's got, he got a letter, he's got to go uh, to the IRS because they want to talk about his taxes. So he's up all night worrying about it. Two in the morning, his fucking Ed Norton neighbor still comes in, hangs out with him, helps him do his taxes. Then when they go to do the taxes the next day, Ed goes with him. Who the fuck is this guy? He's not funny. He's in every scene. Like, if it had been Jackie Gleason and the wife, maybe. Maybe that would be funny. But... Still, <laughs> still, I don't know. It really is just like anger. The show. He's just angry, and there's some some halfway jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it wasn't one of the best ones. Yeah. as far as I'm concerned, definitely not. Yeah, and, and again, I don't know. Maybe maybe the neighbor really is in it all the time. But I feel like yeah, the core conceit of the show, they kind of it's not. Maybe we got. I think the, I think the neighbor is in it because I think it's that male bonding thing where yeah. male where. Oh, although I guess now that I think about it, fucking Fred and Barney, right? Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> exactly that. So yeah, okay. When you look at it that way, I guess that's true. Like they're not hanging out with their wives. Yeah. They're always going to the grand poobah with each other. And the wives are just in it to um, express words of wisdom and keep their men calm. Yeah. And that's what Alice did in this one. So, yeah, this probably is representative and, yeah, is lame. <laughs> Pretty lame. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff I read did say that the uh, half-hour show wasn't as good as the little sketches, that those were shorter and kind of more spontaneous. So I could see that, I guess. Because, yeah, this really did drag. Like, at some point, it did feel like they were... Oh, my goodness. I almost fell asleep while they were going over the tax return. Yeah, like, they're legitimately reading how the tax forms work. And then the only joke is that Ralph's like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. It was just a little funny. But to get to that joke, you literally have to read the tax form for a couple minutes. (laughs) It's like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I really thought it would be a little better than that. That was pretty bad. And then, of course, they had to have the, the nice, sweet little ending where they were going to get away. All they had to do was sign the tax return. That's all the tax office wanted them for. But can they just leave? No. They came back because they're honest Joes and reported that there were some things that they had not put on the return. So 
you know, it's kind of like a, kind of a little bit of a lame ending. Uh, but it was, it's like, keep the audience happy. You wouldn't want anybody to think that these guys were cheating on their tax returns. And, you know, too, to tie it back into that Flintstone thing, I think I mentioned this in one of our earlier podcasts, but, uh, like, when I was a kid, I didn't like the Flintstones. It was always rerun all the time, but, uh, you know, because it was always just Fred getting angry and upset about something in his life. And I'm like, this is not fun. Why would I, as a small child, want to watch this? (laughs) If there was something else on, I would always watch something else. And, yeah, it's like, I guess that's the same thing here. Like, he's just angry and upset about his taxes for no reason and to no big gag at the end. It wasn't even a joke. Like, I was waiting for what's the tax joke going to be, and it's not a joke. It's just he didn't sign a stupid tax form. It also reminds me of, too, just his incessant anger. There's an early episode of The Simpsons where it's uh, Bart and one of Flanders' kids are competing at mini-golf, and I listened to the commentary track where the writers were talking about writing that episode, and they're like, this is where we learned a lesson about Homer. Because Homer hits the ground angry, running. He wakes up angry, he's angry for the whole episode, and then the episode ends. And they realized afterward, they're like, that's not fun. Like, Homer's supposed to be a big, goofy, dumb guy. He's not supposed to just be angry at Flanders for a whole show. (laughs) And they learn not to do that anymore. But that's what's going on here, is obviously the only joke is that he gets angry and hits the table. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm glad... Like, with all of these shows, I don't think we've done anything where there hasn't been something that I got out of it. And in this case, it's that anecdote about Jackie Gleason borrowing money from the guy at the hardware store. I'm going to remember that stupid, weird story. But this show itself, yeah. Yeah, this show. Now, uh, there has to be better shows than this one. Better episodes, yeah. Or maybe if I could find some of those, uh, you know, the sketches, like, that were just a piece of a variety show those are probably you know let's get in let's tell a few jokes let's get out not let's spend half an hour doing because like i've I've seen one or two of those jackie gleason shows on reruns and i don't really remember them but i don't remember them being as nothing like this one was it really had nothing going for it definitely his like his mannerisms his way of talking and stuff is super iconic like i've definitely if not seen these then i've seen like i'm saying like family guy reminds me of it and just like lots of things are clearly patterned off of this this guy but yeah it's not even uh like a lot of the shows we've watched are surprisingly clever None of these jokes were clever. No. Just Ralph's halfway dumb, Ed is actually dumb, and then they just just, say dumb uh, shit. (laughs) And it was just frustration of having to deal with a government agency, which we all experience, but there's nothing, there was nothing, uh, yeah, you're right, nothing clever, nothing, even at the very end, little twist ending that he just had to sign something. Yeah, I, I really had higher hopes for the twist. I thought there'd be something, or like, again, Amos and Andy had like a double twist at the end where, you know, they go through the whole courtroom thing and then, which one was it? Amos, maybe? But anyway, he puts the coin back in the phone and you think, oh, what an idiot. But then he did it just to get Kingfish yeah. off his back. It's like, oh, that was clever. Nothing like that here. Nothing clever. <laughs> if anything, it just got kind of schmaltzy and stupid for no reason at the end. But I guess what I do like, too, about watching these shows is I like drawing those connections. Like the relationship with Ed Norton really does remind me of Kramer, of just like this guy who is so much, this neighbor who's so much part of your life that like in Seinfeld, Kramer just blows through the door any time of day or night. Here, it was even though it was the middle of the night, uh, Ralph was just going to go to bed with Ed still in his apartment. Like, I guess I'll just trust you to 
lock up or maybe they just leave the door unlocked i don't know just just such a casual apartment <laughs> building i guess but that is kind of interesting to see the seeds of these archetypes of sitcoms but yeah other than that that shows up <laughs> i am surprised i really thought like it's going to be i thought it would have some real witticisms in it yeah. but it didn't yeah because even i mean i think the little bit that the wife was in it she was definitely my favorite character but she also didn't have anything particularly clever to say it was no. just calm, calm down, down, you calm down. Idiot. <laughs> 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 i liked her hairstyle that was cool you know old-timey hair with the tons of braids yeah i'm reaching i don't know what else to say i guess that's it i guess that's all we have to say about that one. <laughs>